When you're riding in a car with your family down the road, and you're the only one to see a massive UFO, no one believes you. But will they believe you when a gray breaks into your house? And then we take a look at a winding, convoluted theory. We may not even have time to get to the gray break-in, honestly. The Dogon tribe in Africa has long been connected to extraterrestrial contact. A lot of debate about it, and we're going to go through the nitty-gritty. But not only that, this conspiracy also says that when the aliens visited the Dogon tribe, they brought with them marijuana. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. We're going to start off with the Dogon story because I don't know if we'll have time for the story about the gray breaking into the house. If we don't, we'll save it to tomorrow because this first story is quite complicated and I haven't been able to figure out how long it's going to take for me to talk about it. I find it very, very interesting and just when you think, oh, Jason's going in this direction, the story starts to turn. I've been researching this for the past two days, maybe. And it was quite the feat. It was quite the feat. I normally get all of my information quite easily, but this one I had to go all over the place. And now I present to you not only the story of the Dogon mystery, but did the aliens introduce marijuana to the planet Earth? Let's go ahead and start. Now, this came about because I got a YouTube comment from James on YouTube. So I'm going to read you part of his comment because I think he did a good job kind of breaking it down. And then we're going to go through it and see what's true, what's not. We're going to analyze it, come up with our own theory. It's a, it's a weird one. This is a weird one, guys. So James, and thanks, James, for the recommendation. So here is his statement. Here's his comment regarding the Dogons. Allegedly, when Westerners made contact with them, they had extensive knowledge of the Sirius star system that scientists at the time didn't even know. Like they knew it was a binary system, etc. Anyway, they asked these people how they knew this, and the Dogons told them that fish-like humanoids with gills had come from the Sirius system and gave them a bunch of knowledge about Sirius A and Sirius B, which are the two stars, and such, and get this. They claim that these people brought marijuana to Earth, and now the Dogons have a big festival every year where they get high as balls to celebrate the coming of the fish people. If that wasn't weird enough, cannabis translated from Greek is two dogs. And Sirius A and B are known as the Dog Star. Might be a good story to cover. I read about it in some weed book back in high school. Now, when I saw that comment, I'm really familiar with the Dogon tribe. I've been researching this stuff since I was about 10. So I've been looking into paranormal and conspiracy stuff and aliens and ghosts for about 30 years now. And the Dogon tribe is something I was quite familiar with. It's, it's something that you stumble across generally really early on when you're researching stuff. It's in the top tier of the iceberg as well. So I read it and I know the story, the answer to the Dogon mystery. I know the answer to the Dogon mystery for the most part. I know the official explanation for how they know that stuff. But James, that was a great overview for it. But let's go ahead and start going through it here and finding out which stuff we know is fact, which stuff we know is fiction. And the more important part, is that where weed is from? Touched on a couple interesting things throughout that thing. Let's talk about the story of the Dogons first. In 1931, in West Africa, in Mali. So West Africa, the region of Africa, and then in the country of Mali, in 1931, these two French anthropologists named Marcel Garelli, I don't know, and Germain Dieterlin, these two French dudes start walking through Africa, right? 
And they're kind of bummed out. There's no baguettes. But they're on a mission to find the Dogon tribe. They want to go talk to these dudes. Now, this area, before it became rife with warfare and all sorts of horrible things, Mali was known as a center of knowledge and art. So it was kind of like a cultural center for West Africa. But nowadays, and especially when the two French dudes showed up, it wasn't doing too good. And in this area, you had the Dogon tribe. Now, the anthropologists just go there to kind of say, how, how are you guys living? Hey, guys, what's up? How are you doing? Tell us a little bit about your, your life. The tribe's like, well, just hang out with us for a bit. We will reveal the information as time goes on. So they did hang, the two French dudes are hanging out with the Dogons for a while. And this is what they pieced together. Well, they didn't just piece it together. The people were willing to give this information. The Dogons were saying, our religion, we believe in Nomo. French dudes are like, oh, is that God? And they're like, yeah, it's a little more complicated than that. Because we have a creation God. We have a God who creates stuff. And one of the things that God created was Nomo. Well, there's eight of them. And then they're like, so there's eight Nomos? They're like, no, no, no. Nomo, no, don't get ahead of yourself, French guys. Nomo is both the singular and the plural. French dudes are like, oh, damn it. This is going to be a brain teaser. They're trying to figure out how to write it down, how to write the story down. They say, this is what happened. Nomo was created. And it's a hermaphroditic creature. It's like both sexes mixed together. It's also amphibious. And it's, well, amphibious in the sense that it can swim the water and be on land. You guys know what amphibian is. But they're generally described as having the upper body of a human and a fish tail body. So a mermaid, basically. And Nomo is then turned into four pairs of twins known as Nomo. Not the Nomo, not Nomo's, just Nomo. Just Nomo all around. So Nomo is now not just the one dude, it's four sets of twins. And one set of the Nomo went evil and declared war on Nomo. So it's Nomo on Nomo action across the universe. And Nomo, the evil Nomos, get ripped to pieces and their body parts are spread throughout existence. In the religion of the Dogon people. They believe that wherever a limb of Nomo landed, you have to build a shrine. You build these shrines called Bainu shrines. So you have these Bainu shrines, and that is where a body part landed, and that is where you can go to contact Nomo. You pray at these shrines, and what's interesting about these shrines, you go to these shrines and you pray. Now, each family in the Dogon tribe has a spirit animal that was chosen for them by going to these shrines hundreds or thousands of years ago. You go to the shrine, a spirit animal is chosen for you. And then when you go to this shrine and you pray, your family spirit animal will appear to give you advice or to help you through life struggles or just to kind of pet. Just because you're not feeling having a bad day, you want to go pet a ghost panther, you can do that. So you go to the Bainu shrines to seek the advice of your spirit animal. The Nomo had other names. The Nomo, well, they were just the Nomo, or just Nomo, but they were also known as Masters of the Water, which makes sense because they're half fish, the Monitors, or the Teachers. That story is completely verifiable. That story there is if you went to the Dogon tribe today, they would tell you that story. That is the story that you get from any reading on the Dogon people. The Dogon people are a real tribe. They're really visited. You can go visit them today. So the idea of them being called monitors or teachers does make, because we're looking at it with an alien viewpoint, does give it a little air of an alien. Masters of the Water, fine. There's gods all over the world that are half human, half fish. 
iconography and religions that are that as well. So that doesn't stick out. But the fact that God himself isn't technically known as a teacher, or I guess maybe a monitor, but he's more known as like just this all-powerful dude who kind of just rampages and or is absent from the universe. He either is responsible for the bad stuff, or he just lets the dice go fall where they may. And then some people believe that he intercedes and helps people as well, but his angels are sometimes known as monitors or teachers, or demons are known as that, but God is very rarely known as a teacher. I could be wrong on that, but... So when these, when their God, and their creation God just kind of, again, kind of left. The nomo is what they actually contacted. So their God is also quite absent. So we have that. Now that's all verifiable. What Where we start to get with dicey stuff is in the late 1940s. Those two French dudes were hanging out there the whole time. I'm sure they went back to France every once in a while to, you know, like bang someone at the Moulin Rouge. But they definitely kept coming back here. Maybe they were here for 14 years. I don't know. Or 15 years or whatever it was. But anyways, it's the late 1940s. And this is where we start to get iffy. And so the Dogons are like, shh, come here. Hey, come here. Hey, so you want to hear the real story, French guys? You guys have been here long enough. You've earned our trust. We're going to tell you the straight dope. We're going to tell you the real stuff. See, the story of the Nomo is more literal than you think. Nomo came down and visited us. They're from outer space. The two French guys are like, what? Now, this is in the late 1940s. So, again, we're starting to hear about Roswell and things like that. Dogons are like, yes, yes. Just like your Roswell events, just like your ancient alien show that will premiere 50 years from now, Nomo actually visited us. And this is what they looked like. They had gills. They had fish legs. So, just like our god imagery of them. They could also tear parts of their body off. It wouldn't kill them. And it nourished us. It gave us life. So the aliens came down and they were ripping parts of their body off. And we were eating them. The, the word nomo in the Dogon language actually means like forces to drink or makes one drink is what it means. And they're saying they were ripping parts of their body off. And I get maybe we were forced to eat them. Maybe we we're like, no, that's disgusting, dude. Stop it. Stop it. But we felt compelled to eat them. That's why they're named nomo. Or maybe they're just named nomo for other reasons. But... They come down in their spaceship, and the first thing they did was they all jumped into a reservoir because they enjoy being in the water more. They can be on land because they're amphibious, but they enjoy being in the water more. They say, let's teach you some stuff. The Nomo goes, we are going to teach you Dogon people some stuff. We are from a star called Sirius Star System, and it is a binary star system. There's a big star and then a little star orbiting around it. And the little star takes about 50 to 60 years, roughly, for it to orbit the big star. We'll tell you a little bit about that. We'll also tell you that Saturn has rings, and Jupiter has four major moons to it. And the Dogons are like, what's Jupiter? What's what's Saturn? What's a ring? We don't know any of this. And the Nomo, Nomo goes, silence. You'll learn all of this stuff later. It'll shock French people thousands of years from now. Because this story supposedly took place thousands, thousands of years ago. So they teach them all this stuff. Now, in the Dogon language, they do talk about the Sirius star system. That's the dog star, which is, it's been known as the dog star all over the world. Because it looks like a dog, like in the shape of a dog. Not the star itself, but part of a constellation of a dog. Ancient Mesopotamians called it the dog star. So, they were like, oh, that's cool, dude. Now, so you got a big star and you got a little star. And and Nomo starts rolling something. He's like, yeah, man. We got all sorts of stars up there. He's rolling something. He's licking it. 
Dogon's like, the Dogons are like, what, what's that? And Nomo's like, don't get ahead of yourself, bro. Don't get ahead of yourself. So in the Dogon language, the name of the small star that orbits, they're Sirius A and Sirius B, like James was saying. They call Sirius B Po Tolo. Po Tolo, Tolo means star, and Po is the smallest seed known to them. So in their language, they have a name for a tiny, tiny star. Nomo's rolling a joint. He's like, it's pretty trippy, huh? And they're like, oh, yeah, man, what is that? Can I take a hit? And Nomo's like, hold on, hold on. <sighs> yeah, dude, we're from, like, the stars. We're from the Talos. Dogon's like, dude, you got to hit us up with that. What is that beautiful smelling stuff? Nomo looks at it, passes it around, and goes, that, my friends, is 100% pure alien kush. That is marijuana. Cannabis. The freaky leaf. Just keep hitting it. We'll keep talking. Let's have a good time. Now, the two dudes... Now, okay, now first off, I have to separate. The marijuana story is an addition that's going to be added on later. But other than the point of Nomo rolling the joint, everything else is what they told the French guys. They said, listen, the aliens came down, and they're half fish, and they jumped in the reservoir. They told us all this stuff. They told us that Sirius is a binary star system, and that's where they're from. There's a third star also orbiting the main Sirius star. We call the little star Poe Tolo because Poe is the tiny... And the French guy's like, yeah, yeah, I get it. You don't have to go over everything. They're like, okay. They also told us Saturn has rings and that... He paused for a second. He's like, are you stoned right now? He's like, no, no, sorry. I, I forgot what he's going. Saturn has rings and Jupiter has four moons. Now, remember, this is taking place in the 1940s is when they're telling the French anthropologist this. And the French dudes are like, there is no way they could have known this information. Because in fact, in 1610, it was found out that Jupiter has four major moons. There, there's actually 79 moons. And if, I, again, this is where the alien story starts to fracture a bit. The alien should have been, dude, you want to blow someone's, you want to blow some white dude's mind a thousand years from now? Tell them there's 79 moons of Jupiter. We counted them. We counted them all. But anyways, they said there was four, they, they knew there was four major moons around Jupiter. They knew that Saturn had rings. Both of those things were not discovered until the year 1610, which is obviously way before 1940. But these two French dudes are like, how did this tribe in the middle of Africa or in the western side of Africa know any of this? And we knew about Sirius. We knew about the dog star. But the thought that it they had another star rotating it wasn't theorized until 1844. And it wasn't verified by telescope until 1862. So... The French dudes are going, they must have gotten this information from somewhere. And they ended up writing a paper about it, and they basically said they must have gotten this information from somewhere. In 1976, a book came out called The Serious Mystery. And that book says they did get that information from somewhere, and it was aliens. This is where the story really started to become popular. This book was published in 1976, and 1977, a television episode of the show In Search Of, hosted by Leonard Nimoy, talked about the Dogon tribe. How could they have known about the binary star? How could they have known about the rings of Saturn? How could they have known about Jupiter's moons? And they said they described the small star as super, super dense. It was made of this magical metal, which isn't true. Again, the aliens are giving them inaccurate information. Maybe they're just doing it. To, they're like, dude, stars are made of metal, man. That's so funny, dude. These French dudes are going to blow their minds. They're giving them inaccurate information, but they did describe the smaller star as more dense than the bigger star. So, 
And that's that's a fact. Sirius B, it's a white dwarf, so it is more dense than Sirius A. So the idea was that aliens must have come down to give them this information, that Nomo is an actual alien race that came down and delivered this astrological information to the Dogon tribe. The book came out, it was a hit. The television episode came out, it was a hit. People started talking about this. And so scientists go, there has to be a rational explanation behind this. To the point where Carl Sagan came out and said, this is most likely what happened. This was the general scientific consensus. Nobody's saying that these French guys completely made it up. That's not a theory. The theory is this. At some point, someone must have traveled from Europe to that tribe and told them this information. That is far more logical than aliens coming down and telling them this information. Because the information, for the most part, matched what the Western world knew at latest the year 1862. So they're saying at some point an other anthropologist must have come to this tribe and told them this stuff. Because this tribe, according to the French dudes, worshipped the Sirius star. They were so into it that if a traveler from another country came there, and everyone's looking up at the star and they're like, oh yeah, that star is so awesome. Someone could have said, you know what, that's funny. I know a bunch about that star. And then that dude left. And then 50, 70, 100 years later, two French dudes show up. And the Dogons are like, yes, we know about binary star systems and stuff like that. Now, they also said there was a third star. And for the longest time, people who believe in this story have been trying to find proof that there is a third star. Because as of now, there is no proof that there is a third star also orbiting Sirius A. If it turned out that we discovered a third star orbiting Sirius, that would be far more proof that the Dogons had information that we don't have. 100 times more proof. But we can't find any gravitational wobbles or anything like that. So the question is this. There's a lot of questions, but we're going to keep moving on here. The question is this. What are the explanations? How could they get this information? One of them, fish aliens came down and told them this information. That is obviously a possibility. It's a very unlikely possibility, but it's one of them. Two, that the Western, some sort of Western element came in and did some cultural contamination and told them information about this star. Or three, this was a weird one. Because when we're talking about Africa, you get a lot of people who are... Um, I, I'm, trying to think of the, I'm trying to think of a word other than black supremacists, but that's really the only word that can come to mind. You have a group of people who believe that the black race is better than all other races. And this is a theory that's been put out there. That the Dogon tribes, because of the melanin in their system and in their eyes, they can actually see a white dwarf orbiting Syria. They basically can see like a telescope out into space. So that I, I, that's far less likely than fish aliens coming down. But you'll find websites if you look into this, like I did. There are some people who believe that the Dogons, and I don't know, maybe everyone in Africa has this superpower, but the Dogon tribe, that they weren't told this by white people, that they weren't told this by fish aliens, they can actually look up into the night sky and see a, a white dwarf orbit another star that wasn't visible by telescope until late 1800s. They also believe that they can look at Jupiter and see four moons, and they can see Saturn's rings with the naked eye. So, take from that what you will. That is, that is just a hilarious footnote. Because if that was the true, every world's armed forces would just be made up of Dogons. 
Anyways, but that's not so. This that that is completely unfeasible. I think out of the three Western contaminations, most likely, then fish aliens. I didn't think that would come in second, and then the Dogon tribe has the ability to perceive across the galaxy. They can see a tiny white dwarf. So that has been debunked over and over again. It's one of those things that when you first hear about it, they talk about it on ancient aliens. It's a really popular theory. It's super intriguing. I remember reading about it when I was like 12 and thought, oh, this is so awesome. And then I revisited it a few years later. And then I looked at it skeptically and they're like, this is most likely what happened. And another little footnote to all that, when another investigator went back, he goes, they didn't care anything about the Sirius star system. This other anthropologist went back in between the Sirius mystery book coming out and the original paper coming out from the French dude. He goes, nobody cared. I went down there and everyone was just kind of like, what? <laughs> what? It's just a star. It's no big deal. And apparently when the the two French dudes were told this story, the only two people who told them this story was the guy they were working closest with and the translator. Those are the only, everyone else in the village didn't really mention the story or have anything to do with it or anything like that. So this guy, this Dogon dude could have been a budding science fiction writer. He could have made it all up. Could be true. We don't know, but in the society itself, it's not as white. It may be now because now it would become a tourist attraction. But when it was revisited back before the mystery really took off, the other anthropologists couldn't find any proof that this was a cultural belief, that other people believe in this thing. But let's go ahead here and let's move on to the next subject because this is where we start to get back into conspiracy, unproven conspiracy theory stuff. Cannabis. This is where... So the theory has become that the that Nomo brought down weed to these people. And cannabis means, canna is dog, like canine, and by is two. So cannabis actually means two dog, and it is in reference to the two stars, the two dog stars. There is a rotational of the little star around the big star, maybe the big star around the little star, it doesn't really matter, but... Of every 50 to 60 years is the rotation, and supposedly in the Dogon tribe, every 50 years, they have a year-long party. Uh, James said it was every year, but that was that part's incorrect. It was a year-long party every 50 years to celebrate a full rotation of the stars, where they get stoned out of their mind. Let's start looking into this stuff. First off, right off the bat, cannabis does not mean two dogs. Doesn't mean that at all. Can't and I I here even if it did let's let me step even if it did, Do, the Dogon tribe would not call would not use a Greek word because if they were using Greek, then there's so much cultural contamination in that area that you have to start writing off all of their legends whatsoever. So they weren't even if cannabis did mean two dog, it wouldn't they wouldn't use the Greek word for it. They would use their own word for it. Cannab- the word cannabis comes, it's a Scythian word, and maybe even a Semitic word, from canbos. Because people were smoking dank weed as far back as people have been around. It's actually one of the oldest crops. It's, we can source it back to about 12,000 years ago. It came out of Central Asia. So you're like, well, there's the myth that's blowing. It didn't show up in Africa. You're going to talk about the gray breaking into the house. Well, it gets a li- this is where it starts to get really weird again. So, kanbos, it's a Scythian, maybe even a Semitic word. In the Old Testament, there's a word known as kinyboisin. So, it kind of sounds like cannabis, and that means hemp blossom. So, way preceding Greek, way preceding Dogon's even being established. 
people were using the word canbos. So it not does cannabis does not if you broke it down and you bastardized Greek, yes, you can make it mean two dog, but that's not where the word comes from. Most they don't they're not 100% sure, but they most likely it comes from canbos or cannaboisin. So as that doesn't we're going to throw that out. So Weed was being cultivated 12,000 years ago in Central Asia, in the Mongolian territory. The Dogon tribe was established in 3500 BC. So not even close. People had strains of Indica and Sativa long before the Dogons ever settled down in their area. Again, this is where it's going to get weird. Apparently, and, and what's funny is I've done a ton of research on this, and a lot of people saying, I read this in a book. And I'm wondering if they're getting the same information from, I mean, I'm wondering if they're getting the same information from the quote-unquote weed book that James said that he read, I think it was in high school. It's been a while since I did that introduction, but I wonder if they're all referring to this book. But apparently, so Herodotus, we talked about him before. People say his name is pronounced Herodotus. I don't believe that. I think it's Herodotus. Herodotus loved smoking weed. I couldn't find any sources for this, so again, I think it's this book that people are reading in high school. But anyways, okay, fine. Herodotus, we'll call him that, but that I don't I think that's his don't think that's his real name. He'll always be Herodotus to me. Herodotus went and he did at one point smoke weed or hang around with a bunch of Scythians smoking weed, Scythians smoking weed. He tells a story where they were just throwing it into a bonfire and like flipping out, dancing around. And Herodotus is like, oh, this is dope. I'm going to be traveling all over the world, smoking the dankest of the dank. So there's a story that Herodotus went to go. Herodotus was a world traveler. And he's actually the first Westerner to write down a reference to marijuana. So he ends up, there's a story that he went to the Dogon tribe. And he actually showed up on the 50th year of this celebration, like on the celebration year. And got ripping stoned with this tribe in Africa. And they just smoked a ton of weed. And then he slowly stumbled his way back to Greece. He's like, oh man, it was awesome. The jungle started talking to me. It was dope. I rode a gorilla across the savannah. Weed's the best. And they're like, Herodotus, just write stuff. Just be a historian. Write stuff down. Quit smoking all the time. Such a slacker. And he's like, oh, I'll write it later. First, I gotta play this Stone Age Nintendo. It's just, it's Pong. It's just literally like rocks bouncing around in a box. So, Herodotus... Supposedly, I could not find any verification that Herodotus, he did go to Africa, but I couldn't find any verification that he visited the Dogon tribe or got high with them. Now, that's because I've been only been researching it for about two days. That source may be out there, but I couldn't find any reference to him actually meeting the Dogon tribe. So I think that part may have been added in later. But could he have smoked weed with the Dogon tribe? This is, again, where we start getting interesting. Again, I think the whole thing's interesting, but... I was looking at a map of how marijuana, how cannabis moved out of Central Asia across the world. And according to this flow chart, according to this map, it should not have reached Western Africa until the year 800 AD. But Herodotus was born in 484 BC. So there's, if that is true, there is no way he could have smoked weed with the Dogon tribe. So either the information is fake, that he didn't smoke weed with the Dogon tribe, or weed was in that area long before we thought it could get there. And I'm going to make the claim that it was. This is where we get into conspiracy, but hear me out. I'm going to make the claim that it was, and it may actually tie back to some alien encounters. Cannabis, like I said, 
known to come from Central Asia. It was growing on, how do you pronounce it, the steppes? I know it looks like it's the steppes, but the steppes of Mongolia. Okay? So I started looking, again, I'm still going, I believe this stuff when I'm researching it, and then I'll present it as a skeptic or if I found anything. And this is, so I was researching this. I began looking through Mongolian religions, Mongolian gods, to see if anything matched Nomo. There is a mermaid goddess, but I disregarded that because there's mermaid goddesses everywhere, and she just kind of swam in the water and stuff like that. But there was a god of the steppes, a god of the steppes. Known as Boz Tengri. No information on him at all. They have a whole list on Wikipedia of all of these Mongolian gods. A lot of them have their own pages. Nothing on Boz Tengri, the god of the steppes, where cannabis originated from. Nothing. Tengri was their main god in the Mongolian religion. And then everyone else had these signifiers. So he was Boz Tengri and someone else was Fons Tengri or whatever. But Tengri was their main god. I thought this was such a beautiful image. Tengri is seen as a pure white goose flying over an endless expanse of water. That's, that, that is just a shockingly beautiful imagery. And in their religion, Tengri, cre- Tengri was lonely, so Tengri created a, another god, and that god became evil, and that god's purpose became to lead men down dark paths. Pretty typical stuff for religion. Tengri ended up saying, you know what, I'm going to retreat from the universe. I'm going to leave the universe up to how it goes, but I'm going to give people a helping hand. I am going to let people contact me. I'm going to send people sacred animals to watch over them, and they can converse with when they're having a bad day, or when they're seeking advice, or they just want something to pet. That was a super weird connection between Central Asia and the Dagon tribe, where you have the god pretty much hands-off, but a spirit animal is your connection to that god. That is something that may play... I know other religions have spirit animals, but I think the two similarities are odd. The kind of hands-off god, but will allow you to interact with a, a a shard of that god in the form of a spirit animal. Very, very odd connection between those two. The Dogon tribe, nobody knows where they came from. They're actually not indigenous to Mali. They've been there for so long, they're considered indigenous. Just like someone who's Native American, you can say, well, yeah, but they came from Asia. They came from somewhere. But the Native Americans have been here for so long, they're considered indigenous people. Same thing with the Dogons. But the Dogons call themselves the Dogons. When they first arrived in Africa, it was so recent that the other tribes named them Habe. And Habe means stranger or pagan. So this tribe shows up in Africa around 3500 BC. And the other tribes basically call them a bunch of weirdos, a bunch of strangers, a bunch of pagans. They are out of place of all the other tribes. I'm going to suggest that the Dogon tribe migrated from Central Asia. And that is why we have that connection of that belief. And if they migrated from Central Asia, they may have brought cannabis with them in that geographical area. So when Herodotus was able to go there, they were cultivating weed in their area. The religions have a couple similarities. I, I, the cannabis story with Herodotus does not make sense if we look at the normal migration of cannabis. That story doesn't wash. 
and the fact that they were so recent that other tribes, other established tribes, recognized them as being out-of-towners, recognized them as being pagans, with most likely pagan beliefs. So it would make sense that their religion would be based, have a loose tie to a Central Asian religion. And now we go back to wrap it all up. You go, okay, so let's say that you did figure out that the Dogons migrated from... I might have called them Dagons a couple times because of that horror movie, but not saying they're... Oh, I just remembered. Dagon was a horror movie and the people were turning into fish. H.P. Lovecraft. Anyways, that's, that's not proof. That's not proof. So you're like, Jason, you've totally, like, you're skeptical about it. You don't think aliens brought weed down to the planet. Da, 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 da. I haven't completely put on my skeptic hat because let me reveal these two last pieces of information. First off, the reason why James sent me this story was because it was in reference, and I cut this out of his comment when I was reading it to you. It was in reference to the story of the Johnny Sands encounter. Happened in 1976. There was a country musician. Quick overview if you didn't hear the episode. In 1976, there was a country musician who says he was visited by pale aliens with gills. And through the course of the investigation, he found out, and a man in black told him this, that the pale aliens with gills came from the Sirius star system. They were amphibious, and they didn't have fishtails. They didn't have fishtails in his version, but he said they came from the Sirius star system, which that planet orbiting it is like half water, half land, and sometimes the land gets too hot, so they go in the water. So they can breathe in the air, but they also have gills. Johnny Sands experienced that event in January of 1976. He was telling people that story for the course of the year 1976. The book, The Serious Mystery, which talks about the Gill aliens from Sirius, came out in 1976. Now, his encounter was in January of 1976. It's possible that that book came out right before it. He read it and he goes, Aw, shucks, I'm going to make up a story about this. That's possible. But his encounter took place on January 29th. So unless that book came out those first 28 days, it's unlikely. The thing that really set it off, the book was popular, but so was that television show In Search Of. Like I said, that show didn't broadcast, start broadcasting until 1977. So even that is after Johnny Sands' story takes place. So unless Johnny Sands read a French anthropologist guidebook on the Dogon tribe, it was a bizarre coincidence. Absolutely bizarre coincidence. It could be he's retroactively changed his story because I haven't read the actual, the original news articles when he was doing press on this. That's possible to be part of the hype, but it's also possible that he met an alien with gills from the Sirius star system. Odd coincidence. Now, if his encounter was in the 80s, I would completely write it off to the fact that he had read this book and was making it up. But the fact that his encounter took, at the very least, if he may have added the part about the MIB, the Men in Black agent telling them from Sirius, he may have added that over the years. But his initial encounter of the pale-faced aliens with the gills was 100% being reported January 30th, 1976. So again, unless that book came out the first part of January, he's telling his he's telling the truth. I mean, again, I don't know if aliens actually visited him, but he's not adding that to the mythos. So that's an interesting connection between this stuff. And to wrap it all up, let's look back at Boss Tengri. Tengri is basically the god, the main god name. And then all the other gods have Tengri and then a qualifier in front of it. So you have like water Tengri, fire Tengri, electric Tengri, whatever. 
They're Pokemon. But Boz Tengri, very, very little information. A lot of them have, like I said, very detailed descriptions of what they look like. Could not find anything. I finally had to find the definition of the word Boz in Mongolian. Boz means, according to Google, so don't some bunch of Mongolians don't come over here and like raid my house on horseback, but Boz means gray or the gray god. It might be a coincidence that the one color we almost always connect with alien life is the god of the area where cannabis first appeared on the planet. You have the gray god who was worshipped over the steppes of Mongolia where cannabis was first discovered. Not just cultivated, but first sprouted up out of the ground. The gray god ruled that area. I used to smoke. I used to smoke a lot. And I get the connection between people thinking that it is some sort of supernatural herb or that it is from another planet because the effects are so intense. There's also been conspiracies that magic mushrooms are alien. There's been conspiracies that, for whatever reason, cilantro is from another planet. But I don't get that one either. I don't get that one either. But I get why people who smoke weed or have interacted with weed believe that, can easily believe that it's not of this earth because the effects it has on the human brain are not of this earth. Cannabis may be from another planet. Cannabis may just be a plant that creates a special connection between the user and nature. It is, it is like being an adult and viewing the world with the eyes of an infant. Everything seems new and special and bright and shiny. Everything seems important and funny and good. It may not be from another planet, but it makes you feel like an alien on your own planet. And because of that, I get why people respond to this conspiracy. There definitely seems like there's something unique about marijuana. Something special. Something alien. There may be no proof that it is from another star system. But that's not going to stop people from lighting up and imagining that it is. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Deadrabbitradio.